Okay, we're back on the First Town Podcast twice in one week for the first time this year. Um, well, I, I guess except for the no. preseason. Yeah, we, we did it already, Steve. <laughs> right. Um, but during the season, we are back here again. Uh, and we just wanted to uh, you know, react to some of the trades that went down uh, this week at the trade deadline on Tuesday. And, you know, talk about the fantasy implications of each. So... Uh, Dan, I'll start with you. James Robinson went to the Jets. I guess that was actually last week, but yes. we didn't get a chance to talk about it. After um, we recorded a podcast, like immediately after, when we were talking about like ETN and James Robinson too. So Exactly. So, so what do you make of that trade? Yeah, so um, first of all, I mean, it definitely means that ETN is the man in Jacksonville. That's what we were talking about on our podcast last week. Um, and he's the guy down there. So if you're an ETN owner, you're definitely hyped because now you don't have to worry about any more committee. I mean, he was kind of already taking the lead role, and now it is just him. So that's exciting if you're an ETN owner. Um, as far as the Jets goes, um, you know, so in his first first game with the Jets, he played with them on Sunday. He had five carries for 17 yards, and he was out-touched by Michael Carter. Michael Carter is still the starter there. Um, but, I mean, he only had, I think, seven or eight carries, so not like a ton more. They really weren't running the ball a ton. Um, Michael Carter is only averaging about three and a half yards per carry this season and only has two touchdowns on the ground. Um, I like both of these backs a lot um i personally think that like when you just watch on tape i think that michael carter is a little bit more talented but i think that there is a really good chance that james robinson could take that role over um as the lead back there um it'll be interesting to watch if you're a james robinson owner honestly i would be excited about the trade as well not as excited as if i was an etn owner but i would be excited because I think that there's a good chance that he can carve out more of a role there in New York, um, taking away carries from Michael Carter than what was happening in Jacksonville. I think his role was really going to be diminishing down there. Um, And I think that in New York, he could really potentially get back into a lead running back role. Um, we'll, We'll see, but that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting right now. Yeah, I think you're pretty spot on. I, I, you know, First, ETN is just a dude. He keeps performing. <laughs> it's a dude. Um, just a dude. And uh, he keeps performing at a very high level. And he's yeah. an RB1 the rest of the way, I think. And oh, uh, definitely. you definitely like that as an ETN owner. In terms of James Robinson, I think the trade pretty much saved his season in terms of you know being able to own him in fantasy. Um, and if you have him, hold on to him. But for either running back... I don't think either one is trustworthy at this point. I think no. you're kind of holding on to both. And yeah, I wouldn't be playing him right now. It'd be right. you're holding them till you figure out what's going to be happening in that backfield. I mean, I don't think there's any way to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we'll move to the next trade um, that was also from last week, I believe, and that was yeah, like Kadarius, end of last week. Yeah, and that was yeah. Kadarius Tony to the Kadarius Chone. Yeah, Kadarius <laughs> Tony. Wide receiver Kadarius from Tony. the Giants yeah, go. got traded to yep. the Chiefs. And I'll just start quickly on this one. Um, in terms of the Giants, um, I don't really see a lot of impact 
they haven't really had any fantasy relevant wide receivers there anyway. Um, so I don't see it impacting them too much, though. I do like Wandale Robinson, and since him and Tony had a similar role kind of as a slot guy-ish, I like Wandale Robinson going forward if they're able to make some semblance of a pass game, which they really haven't been able to do. That's Yeah, that's my issue <laughs> on Wandale. Like, everyone is, like, there's been a lot of talk, and I mean, I've considered too about, like, him being a good player to grab, but... Like, I mean, he's just, he hasn't really put up any big fantasy numbers yet. And I don't know if they ever will because there just isn't a pass game in on that Giants team. So, yeah, I don't know about Wandale. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in a, he's only really a consideration in a PPR league because he's really going to be more of a, mm-hmm. at his best, more of a five catch, 50 yard guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, not a guy necessarily you can depend on, but if you need a guy, maybe it's somebody you can slot in. Uh, but then quickly, in terms of the Chiefs, I, I just don't know what kind of role he's going to play there. There's already, seems like, a million wide receivers there, and none of them seem to really carve out the main role. Um, and I think this just adds more confusion and uh, not, nothing uh, trustworthy there in Kansas yeah. City. There's definitely a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. We've talked about it a lot. Um, that whole – the receivers there. Like, there's just a, a bunch of dudes this year. Um, I actually think that he could be a role. And Kadarius Tony is a guy who I think at this point is not very owned in fantasy leagues. And if you have a roster spot that you feel comfortable picking up a stash guy, I think he's a decent stash guy. Um the Chiefs did say that they're not going to rush him back from his injury. Um, he's been struggling with the hamstring thing this year. Not sure what's going on with that. Um, I know there, there's a lot of people kind of joking on Twitter, like saying that, you know, he just was faking that because he didn't want to play for the Giants. And now that he's with the Chiefs, he'll be happy to play. So we'll see. That would be kind of funny if that's the case. But they're not going to rush him back. So who knows, you know, when or if he's going to play. But. When he does come back, he really is a unique gadget player. He's he's undersized, but he's incredibly speedy. He has great hands if they want to involve him. Um, you, you know, it's there's a lot of options there. He's going to be the fastest wide receiver on that offense. And so, like, could they end up trying to use him like a Tyreek Hill? Like, I mean, no, he's not going to be putting up Tyreek Hill kind of production. At least I don't think so. I mean, I would be surprised if that's the case. But I am high on him. I think he is a very, very, very talented wide receiver, kind of an interesting gadget guy. And if anybody knows how to incorporate a guy like that into their offense and use him well, it's Andy Reid in the Chiefs offense. So he could be an exciting player to own down the road if you have a chance to stash him. I honestly would at this point, maybe, I don't know. If if you really have an open spot, I would, but, you know, I, I'm a little bit higher on Tony. Yeah, I think there's just too much speculation there. I mean, there's a lot of speculation. When, yeah, like who knows yeah. when he actually plays and what his role looks like. And yeah, yeah, sure, he's fast, but in no means is he Tyreek Hill. Not to say that you said he was, but I don't think you use anyone like Tyreek Hill. There's just no one like him. Um, so, uh, you know, I he's I talented, nec- huh? 
He's talented though. I watched him for years. No, I, I watched you, him. I watched him at he, Ford. He is yes. so good. No, he he but, is very talented. I think there's also just some other issues that he's dealing with, kind of. Yeah, we'll just call them off the field issues. Right. That is, you know, part of the reason why he got dealt in the first place and hadn't really been playing in New York. Yeah, um, there's but, there's a lot of ifs around him right now for yeah. sure. Uh, so moving, um, yeah, moving yeah, to the it. next trade. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, tight end for the Lions, was traded to the Vikings. Yes, um, that was like the big, the first big offensive player traded, like on the deadline. Correct. Um, yes. So, so what, what do you th- make of that? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, the Vikings got him to fill in for Irv Smith. He's supposed to be out eight to ten weeks here. So, essentially, till the end of the season. Who knows if we're going to see him again this year? Um, so they got Hawkinson to fill in. Um. In that Vikings offense, I would expect him to be more productive than what Irv Smith had been doing. Um, you know, they, they gave up a decent amount of draft capital in that trade, and so I think they really do value him, and I would expect him to be fairly productive in that Minnesota offense. Uh, definitely going to be the lead tight end. No problems there. Um, for the Lions, there's going to be a few more targets to go around in that Lions offense. Um He's averaged a little over six targets per game, although that number is very skewed by that massive, insane game that Hawkinson had when, like, a bunch of other players were out and he had 12 targets and three touchdowns and whatever the heck else he did that game. (laughs) So, like, I mean, really, the guy was getting, like, four to five targets a game most weeks. So there are some more targets to go around. Um, I know Steve is... As a Monroe owner, um, St. Brown owner, he's excited about you know more potential there. But it's not like a ton more targets, but there's a little bit. Um, it is going to be Brock Wright is expected to step into his role in Detroit. He's a uh, undrafted free agent, I think, from two years ago um, out of Notre Dame. Hasn't really shown much in the past. I wouldn't be expecting much there. And so, um, you know. He'll probably be getting a few targets a game, but not, but not much. And so there will be some more targets. I don't really know if it's going to have much of an impact, and I wouldn't be looking at Brock Wright at this point. But, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on most of that. Um, quickly on the Lions, I, I, I would say, you know, his relatively small target share probably split among all of their weapons, that being, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown and Josh Reynolds. Um mm-hmm. And Khalif Raymond, who they like also a little bit yeah. down the field. Um, so, you know, I don't see significant changes in terms of uh, someone on the Lions getting much more usage, but I, I would expect to be spread around. In terms of the Vikings, I actually think that if I'm an Adam Phelan uh, owner, I'm a little bit concerned. Mm-hmm. His usage was already limited. And I think Hawkinson could get a uh, decent role there in the Vikings offense. Kirk Cousins has always uh, relied on tight ends, always liked to throw to tight ends. You know, if you go back to Washington in his times with Jordan Reed, use law Jordan Reed, not to say that Hawkinson is Jordan Reed, but Hawkinson's very talented. Um, definitely more talented, uh, I think, than Irv Smith, at least. Yes. So. I, I would expect him to have a big role. I don't I don't see too much on impact on Justin Jefferson. He's just an elite water receiver. He's gonna get his uh, targets one way or the other. 
but yeah. definitely no, I do, I do agree. I because I think he will be getting more of a target share than what Irv Smith was, and so it will be coming away from somebody, and it you know could definitely be Thielen considering he plays out of the slot and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Definitely. Um, so on the next trade, um, we had Chase Claypool, wide receiver for the Steelers, traded to Chicago. Uh, so what do you make of that? Yeah, this one, um, actually, I I'm I kind of like a lot for Chase Claypool. If you happen to be a person who have hung on to Chase Claypool this year, or if he's available, um, I kind of like it. I think that he could be definitely become the most effective wide receiver on the Bears offense. They gave up a second rounder for him, so pretty big draft capital. Um, you know, If you've been watching the Bears offense this year, there really just hasn't been much in that past game. There's, there was lots of hype around um, Darnell Mooney coming into this season. The guys only had 25 catches for 364 yards and zero touchdowns. Um, that's averaging like 45 yards a game. Um, the guy's like shown some flashes. He, I know that one primetime game he had that insane catch you know he's got some great hands but there really hasn't been much else going on there on what has been a tough not very good Bears offense um but I think that Claypool projects as like a more useful wide receiver for this Bears offense than what Mooney did Claypool is 6'4 and 240 pounds compared to Mooney being 5'11 170 right so he is this big-bodied wide receiver who goes up, can fight through DBs for balls, has pretty decent hands, has pretty decent athleticism, is kind of a guy who has like a big catch range. Like You can just kind of put a ball in the area and he'll go get it. So, you know, I don't know if this Bears offense is ever necessarily going to be good enough to or throw the ball enough to actually make him fantasy relevant, but I am very intrigued. Um you know, I think Justin Fields has been showing a little bit of improvement the last few weeks. Um, I think that some issues are in the accuracy areas, but with a guy like Claypool, who I think just has like a wider catch range, like I think that that clears some of those accuracy issues up. So, you know, it, it's still the Bears offense. They're still not going to be great, but I think that Claypool actually could be pretty effective there. Um as far as the Steelers goes, as far as the Steelers go, excuse me, um, you know, Claypool hasn't been overly productive in that offense, but he still has had at least six targets every single game this year, except for one that he only had like two, but it's been sixes or sevens. He had nine ones, so lots of targets. Um, so there's targets to go around that offense, and I think it's going to be benefiting Pickens and Deontay Johnson, so they're going to be getting more. Uh, but my main takeaway is that I really do think that Claypool actually could be a viable fantasy option now in this Bears offense. We'll see. Yeah, I'm not as excited about Claypool as you are. Um, I, I I don't think it's necessarily the, the target share. I think it's just been an efficiency thing with me. Uh, Claypool's you know had his own issues with uh, drops and a few, um, yeah, and kind of just. You know, field awareness, which is a whole different story. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the Bears in themselves, I mean, Justin Fields hasn't attempted more than 27 passes this season, has only eclipsed over 200 yards passing once, and they're just a run-heavy team. And, mm-hmm. you know, you already have Mooney, and, you know, if you're a Mooney owner, I think you're just 
devastated. I mean, oh, over the last yeah. five, you know, five weeks, he's improved. He hasn't had less than six points in a PPR scoring. So he had gotten better since to his slow start. And now you kind of have just two guys that will sort of fight for 200 yards among other pass catchers. And to me, now they're just kind of both irrelevant um, in terms of, you know, fantasy. And I, I honestly, I guess I there is intrigue with Claypool, unknown. So maybe if I own him, I'll, I'll keep him. But he's on a short leash. Yeah, uh, I mean, me. here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he steps into this offense and maybe not week one, but by week two, I would bet that he's the leader in target shares every week. Just based off of, like, what his role is in an offense um, and based off of just kind of, like, what I see out of him, I, I think that I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's the case. And so I think there could be some value there, especially in a PPR. Um but, yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, Fields doesn't throw the ball much. You know, I don't know if adding a guy like Chase Claypool is going to make them change, like, what their offense is. Like, are they just going to start throwing the ball more, like, 30 times a game? Probably not. But, I, yeah, and on Mooney, you definitely are devastated if you're a Mooney owner. That's got to be – Mooney's got to be one of the toughest draft picks this season, I think, as far as fantasy goes. But. Yeah, and if you hadn't already dropped him, I think – Maybe after this <laughs> yeah. next week, you may be doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if he is still on your roster, sorry. But. Um, but we'll move to the next trade. Um, so Chase Edmonds of the Dolphins, who had been mm-hmm. struggling and on our drop list numerous times, including yeah. this week, has been traded to the Broncos. Um, I'll start. You know, I, I don't think it changes my valuation of Chase Edmonds. I, I don't think he's a guy I want to own in fantasy. Um, he's just going from one committee that he wasn't involved in to another committee of running backs that he mm-hmm. probably won't be the lead guy um, with Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray. So I don't really want anything to do with Edmonds um, in fantasy. And that's, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Uh, the Broncos general manager announced today after the trade that, uh, Melvin Gordon and Latavius will continue to be their co-starters while Edmonds is going to have like the third down role. Um, I would expect him to be involved a little bit as pass catching, but I mean, I agree. He's still not a guy that I see any value in owning. Um, and I guess so kind of connected here. So after the Dolphins made that trade, they pretty soon after announced that they were trading for Jeff Wilson from the 49ers. Um, this one's a little interesting. Wilson's obviously value took a massive hit after the Niners traded for CMC. Now he's going to Miami, going to a committee, as Steve was just talking about. <laughs> um, I think probably the biggest takeaway from this one is that it might be tough for Mostert because I think that Jeff Wilson probably warrants getting more touches than what Chase Edmonds was. This is this is honestly hilarious. I, I'm going to tell him on you, Steve. Steve today after the Edmonds trade like immediately sent me a text with like Moster and like a bunch of like little rocket emojis and then just like because he because he's a Moster owner and thought that Moster was just gonna like blow up now and I was like I mean haha but like Edmonds wasn't getting touches anyways and then the Dolphins immediately traded like for Jeff Wilson who I think is going to get more touches than Edmonds was so I think Moster's actually in a worse situation now than he was at the beginning of the day, but we'll see. Potentially. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, I don't feel great as a Moser donor, but I don't. I don't think it's you know time to panic. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I mean, think, I think Moser still think RB one carries. Probably um, not. And you know, it doesn't surprise me that they traded for Jeff Wilson, uh, another Mike McDaniel's guy. Mm-hmm. Both he had both of these running backs when he was uh, in, in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, so he's definitely familiar with both as the run game coordinator. As as the run game coordinator, and yes. you know, but at that time when Mostert was healthy, which was most of the issue, <laughs> most Mostert, um, <laughs> he he was the lead guy, and Jeff Wilson was there to come in when Mostert was hurt. So I, I think they still see as Mostert as the lead guy. Um, I would still depend on him to get you know around twelve to fifteen carries a game, and. I think he can still be efficient in that offense with you know with their great passing game, and yeah, but but for Jeff I, Wilson, I don't think you can really uh, own him with any confidence at this time. No, um, I wouldn't be playing him for sure. I would maybe if you have the ability hold on to Jeff Wilson to see if anything happens. Yeah, but I mean I think you're right. Injury history, yeah, right. Given his injury history, but like yeah, I mean most is still going to be the lead guy, and yeah, he'll probably he'll still be getting his double digit carries. I think every week. Um, I think Wilson might cut into it a little bit more than what Edmonds had been doing the last few weeks here, but nothing like too significant. So definitely, um, yeah. So we'll swing to this next one, which was actually a pretty interesting trade because it involved wide receiver Calvin Ridley, yes, of the Atlanta Falcons, who has actually been suspended this entire season, uh, but was traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. So, what do we make of this, Dan? Right. So, I mean, obviously, no takeaways for this year. He's suspended for the rest of the year. Don't be, don't be that like idiot who goes and picks up Calvin Ridley. I feel like that, <laughs> that always like happens. I feel like in every like fantasy league, at some point, someone will like draft or pick up a player who is just like, there's no reason to. Like, I remember when like Tim Tebow playing. was like the tight end for the like Jacksonville Jaguars. There was like somebody in one of my leagues who like picked him up at the beginning of the year, and like I didn't. He, he wasn't like, even like on like the team the at team. that point. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't be the guy who goes and picks up Calvin Lilly because you saw his name on a tweet and that he got traded. He's not playing this year, so don't do it. Um but I do think for like next year, I think that he honestly is the best wide receiver on this team now. I mean, Christian Kirk was a number one guy, and I think Calvin Lilly's more talented than that. So something cool to watch for like next year going in the draft, but obviously no implications right now. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, potentially with a better quarterback um in lawrence uh than what he had with Mariota. um be interesting to see uh next year yeah so the last trade uh from the deadline uh was involving Naheem, offensive players involving offensive players yeah. uh was Naheem mm-hmm. hines was from the colts running back was traded to the bills and was swapped with some draft picks and zach moss of so the bills went to the colts so a slight swap there but uh, what what do you make of this? Yeah, um, I mean, not not much. Uh, I still wouldn't be owning either of these guys, to be honest. Um, Zach Moss had completely played himself out of that backfield committee rotation in Buffalo. He hadn't gotten any touches the last couple weeks here. Um, so, you know, nice change for him. I think that there's a chance that he'll be getting some touches with the Colts, but obviously JT's still the main guy, and there's not going to be enough touches for him to be relevant. Um Naheem with the Bills, uh, he's likely going to be 
eating some of the pass targets coming out of that backfield. The Bills do like getting their running backs involved in the pass game. This could be tough for Singletary um, if they do decide to involve him a lot. And I think... I think if we had, if we were seeing right now the Naheem Hines from two years ago, I would be like very concerned as a Singletary owner. Um, unfortunately for Naheem, he hasn't really looked that great the last year or two, and so I don't know if he's necessarily going to go to Buffalo and suddenly be way more effective than he was in Indianapolis. If he is, if he goes out there and the change of scenery reverts him back to the pre-extension Naheem, uh, I think that could be trouble if you're a Devin Singletary owner. Um, but if not, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, he'll get a few pass targets a year, uh, a game, maybe get a carry or two, um, but not too relevant of a trade. I, and like I said, I definitely wouldn't be owning either of these guys. I think the only implications could be that it maybe harms Singletary a little bit. Yeah, I would slightly just disagree. Um, I mean, I would agree on Zach Moss. Definitely uh, mm-hmm. not a guy I want to own. But on Naheem, I think of him similar to Claypool in that I would own him for the next week or two just to kind of see what his role is. Hmm. Um, I, I think with his passing game ability, I, I think there's just there something to him and you know kind of how he works in that offense is interesting. I mean, you have James Cook there too, who had been yeah. pretty good in the past game. So maybe he kind of takes over that role, takes some touches from Singletary. It, it's kind of hard to say at this point with all the backs still there. Um, but more likely than not, you know, as you said, he'll get too, um, too few touches and not be fantasy relevant, but an interesting yeah. game. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, if yeah, if you have the space, could be worth an ad to see what happens. But I, I doubt that he's going to be getting enough of touches. But I mean, like, like you said, and like I said as well. I mean, the Bills like to get RBs involved in that pass game, and that is his like what he thrives at. So it could be could be an interesting role for him. Definitely. Well, uh, that wraps it up for our uh, trade conversation. Yes. And uh, you got anything to end on, Dan? I do not, sir. No, well, uh, okay. Uh, check out. Remember, to check out our Twitter. Like and subscribe to the podcast as always. And good luck in week nine.